We're starting four lines down from the two dots. So we're discussing payment for pain. So how does payment for pain work? So the Mishra was discussing a scenario where a person had pain in his fingernail, but there was no wound at all. There was no chabura. So the Mishnah said that we asked, basically asked the person, average person, I guess, how much would you be willing uh, to take? In other words, what's your price for us to allow, to, to allow us to put, give you that pain? So it's basically a question of how much, how much you can endure pain. So different people have different tolerance for pain, depending on a lot of different factors. Also, it probably depends how much money they have in their bank account, right? Someone who's really rich and really weak probably wouldn't, uh, take, wouldn't be able to buy them off so easily. Uh, to, to, to see what he would endure pain. But that's what the Mishnah established. But that all makes sense when, like, the type of pain we're talking about is, you know, like a burn on your fingernail. Okay, fine. It's a painful thing, but, like, it is what it is. But, says the Mishnah, how do we assess Sar when there's also Nezek? So, meaning, let's say somebody got his hand, his, his hand chopped off. So the Mishnah had discussed that the Nezek's going to be the discrepancy in his value on the slave market. But there's also Tsar in that case, right? So how do you assess the Tsar? And the point that the Gemara is basically saying is, like, there's absolutely... Um, no way, I'm just foreshadowing what the Gemara is going to say, no one would ever take money for such a thing. You would never, ever, ever uh, allow someone to cut off your, your hand um, and endure such a, such a pain. So the Gemara says, why not? We says how much a person wants to have his hand cut off. So the Gemara says, what are you talking about? First of all, you're not isolating the Tsar. Because how much a person would take, let's say the price is a million dollars. That million dollars is not just because of the tzar. There's all the other th- factors that go into that price. First of all, the fact that you lost the limb. Second of all, the humiliation. Third of all, the, the medical bills, the unemployment, all that. So you, you haven't isolated the value of the tzar by asking a person how much he would take there. Meaning the Gemara is basically saying no fool, no one would agree to such a thing. Even if you offer a lot of money, but you're not really getting a fair price. There's no accuracy in such a number. Maybe there's a crazy number for fools that would make them do it, but that's not really representing the value of the tsar. So it's a fascinating thing. So Mar is saying we can't have that. So even if we could understand, again, in the Mishnah, where it's a small pain, you know, a burn on a fingernail, we could understand how much a person wants to have his hand, to have the fingernail burn. But in this case, where you're dealing with an hand cut off, like there's no real way of getting an accurate, an accurate number from asking someone. So the Mar says, we estimate how much, he would, how much he would take to cut his hand off that's basically already cut off. So what does it mean it's basically already cut off? We're talking about that an arm is currently attached, but all the tendons are, are totally smashed, and he has no mobility, no functionality in that arm, so in that hand. So if you go sever that hand, you're not causing any depreciation of value. What you're causing is only pain. So there, you can actually get a fair assessment. So the, what the Gemara has really responded to is only, this, is only the first question, which is that, um, which is that you've, you've been able to isolate the Tsar. The second question it still sounds pretty foolish, but at least maybe you could say here, it's not such a foolish thing because you're not losing any functionality. You're just experiencing pain. So maybe someone with a very high tolerance of pain would, would have such a thing. So the Gemara says, well, no, it's still not a good answer. Even in a case where it's a hand that's basically cut off, it's still not pain alone. It's still humiliation. It's still embarrassing to take off his hand and throw it to dogs. So the point that the Gemara is saying is, it, it, it's an act of humiliation. So even if there's nothing else, there's no, that, 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 that is lost, and you think it's only pain, it's not true. There's also, there's also Boshas. So the price that he would give you still is not, isn't really reflecting just what the pain is. So the Gemara says, We assess how much a person wants to take to have his hand that's going to be cut off anyway. It's in other words, the government decreed that it should be amputated. How much would he pay to suffer the difference between amputation with a potion and amputation by the sword? So basically, his hand has to be cut off anyway. 
Okay, it's already sentenced. But the sentence doesn't matter if it's going to be, they don't care. The government will give them a potion. They're very happy. How much in that scenario would you pay that guy? How much would he, what's his price to have it cut off by, by, you know, by a sword? So here, the Gemara is assuming that there's no humiliation because anyways, it's coming off, right? That's the whole idea. The government said it has to come off. So it's not humiliation. It's just the difference in the pay. The government would be okay if it comes off with a, with a potion. And, and, and you're saying, how, what would your price be to allow us to do it with a sword? So ultimately there, we're getting a case where we've isolated just pain. But the Gemara still doesn't buy it. No person in their right mind would take any money in the whole world and cause himself such pain. So even if the government said that your, your hand has to be amputated and it's coming off one way or the other, so now you can choose. And obviously doing it you know, with the anesthesia is, is, a, lot more, is a lot preferable. But how much, how much can we convince you to pay you and you're going to do it with all the pain? That, and that answer, the Gemara is still ultimately saying, is worthless. That number means nothing. It's a totally foolish, crazy thing, and we can't get any sense of accuracy in terms of the pain of the Misa with what that number would be. So the Gemara, finally, we explain different. Ella, finally, this is the Maskana. We assess how much a person not would take, but now we're flipping. It's not about how much he would take, it's how much he would give. If the government said, your hand has to come off, and we're going to amputate it, and we're going to do it in a painful way, and how much would you pay to bribe the official to do it with uh, anesthesia? That's basically what the Gemara is saying. How much would you pay to avoid the pain? That is a question of the pain. That's a question where you isolated the pain. So very good. Your hand's coming off anyway, one way or the other. Now the government really said it's come off with the, with the sword. But if you pay a certain amount of money to figure out what is that price, then they'll, then they'll do it you know, just with the potion. So, so, so how much would you, pay, would you get? So as the Gemara, the problem is, with the language, though, high lethal, what did the Mishnah say to take? Litame by lit. We should have said to give. It's not about you taking, it's about you giving, right? The, until now, we've been assuming you're paying this guy for how much, for his suffering, how much he would endure. Now the Gemara is saying, no, 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 it's the guy is paying to make sure he doesn't suffer. So it should be how much he gives, not how much he takes. So, what, 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 we, would, what we would take from the Mazik for what this hypothetical person would give to the government representative. So in other words, the idea is that we're taking from the mazik and giving to the nizik the amount that this nizik would have given to avoid it. So ultimately, we don't have a problem with the fact that it says lethal because you're t- that's just going back on now the soif pasuk, the end of the conclusion of the law where you're taking that amount of money away from the mazik who did this this end and you're paying for that tsar. How much is that? The amount that the victim would have given out of pocket had that hypothetical scenario worked out where his hand had to come off and he would pay to avoid it being come off with pain. That's the amount that Mr. Mazik here is going to give to the nizik. Now, so just to clarify something, this assessment, the way of assessing, still ultimately, the Rambam learns up shot, is only in a case of tsar b'makam nizik, like cutting off a hand. But if we're still dealing with a fingernail where there's no wound and there's only pain, we have no problem understanding the Mishnah as a postulus, that we ask the person how much he would charge to allow us to give him that pain, to go through that pain. That was never crazy. That never bothered the Gemara. The Gemara was only bothered in the case of tsar b'makam nizik, like someone's hand getting cut off, where there's no price in the normal world where a person would accept to have his hand cut off with a sword. That's ridiculous. So there, the Gemara has to modify, you're right. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean the price he would take. It means the price he would pay to avoid that government amputating him with the sword, but rather to do it with, 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 a, with a potion. Okay, the mission now, we go, we go to the third thing. Repoy, what is repoy? He called Chagar Raposo. Someone struck somebody else. So now the Mazik has to heal him. So Tanar Rabbanon, it says in the there are sores that come onto it because of the wound. Vinister Hamaka. So, or if it, it healed and it came right back. Chagar Raposo. The Mazik still has to continue to heal these sores as well. He also has to pay him for the loss of employment. 
that come because of those second sores. Shalom Achavatzamakav, but if the sores developed at a later cause, for not for a different reason, then you don't have to yield them, you don't have to pay him the cost of employment that come from those sores that are not because of the blow. So basically, the Tanakhama is saying, if the sores develop from the blow, you have to do repoy and Shevas on those as well. But if they're not because of the blow, um, then even if they're, they're, they're around that affected area... Not from the medication. What? Not from the medication that he... If he... Oh, so you're still... Wait, you're, you're saying very good. What, what's the cause of the source? We're going to see in a second what exactly caused it. Very good. Because the way we have it, like, oh, it's a random, random, you know, source came. Of course, you don't have to... You don't have to... You don't have to pay for it. We're going to see in the Gemara what exactly is the case. How did these sores come? So hold on on that. If you Amr, he says, even if the sores develop because of the wound, you do have to heal him. You never have to pay him for the loss of employment from those sores. We have to understand why. We'll see. The, the Pasuk links paying for loss of employment and healing. It comes to tell you, anything that you have to pay for. For the loss of employment, you have to pay for healing. Anything that you don't have to pay for loss of employment, you don't have to pay for healing. So if sores develop not because of a wound. So the same way that you're saying you don't have to pay for the Shabbos, you wouldn't have to pay for the, for the, for the, for the repoy as well. So just to clarify what's going on, we have the Tanakhama that's saying if it's, if it's from the sores, you have to give repoy and Shabbos, not from the source, you don't have to give either. Rabbi Yudo is saying that even if it's because of the wound, you only have to give repoy and you don't have to give Shabbos. And we have the Chachamim saying that even if the source developed because of the wound, the same way you don't have to give Shabbos, you don't have to give repoy. So the Gemara says, Michael, what in the world is the case? What are they arguing about? So the Gemara clarifies. I heard the Yeshiva people sitting and asking this question. They said, They're arguing about the old, the age old question about bandaging a wound. So basically, when you have a wound, <coughs> so if you expose it, it can hurt more. Right? It's cold, whatever, it can hurt more. But on the other hand, bandaging, which protects it on some level, it can also be bad for it. It can also cause sores to develop. You have to also remember, we're dealing with pr- primitive times. So the bandage here is good for the comfort of the victim, but it also gives the possibility of it getting worse. So it's a fascinating question. Is that medically advisable or inadvisable to put a bandage on. On the one hand, it might make sores. On the other hand, the patient will be more comfortable. So that's here what the dispute is about whether or not the patient here has the right to do that and then go over to the mosque and say, hey, look at these sores that are here. You know why they're here? Because of you. Well, it's not really because of me. It's also because you put the bandage on. But that's good for the question. Do I have the right to put the bandage on for my comfort after you struck me? And then come along and say, well, look at these sores that are here. So Rabbanon Safi Madan the Tanakama holds, yeah, you do have permission to bandage the wound to prevent the pain. So therefore, if the sores come from the bandaging, the mazik has to pay for that. Not only do you have to pay for the for the for the repo, you have to pay for the Shabbos as well. It's all considered that it's from your wound. Rabbi says, no, there's no permission to bandage the wound. The victim has to do everything within his capacity to heal it, not to aggravate it. So therefore, even if he wants his comfort, he's not allowed to put on the bandage. Or if he does, he can't come and cry that I should pay for any sores that develop. So, however, repoy the Tanabikra, for repoy, the Pasuk repeats, verapo yirape, it's a double language. So therefore, from the double language, machayv, it comes to tell you, you are liable for that. Even though it's not really from me, it's because he put on the bandage, I still am liable. Shabbos, the low Tanabikra, whereas for Shabbos, where the Torah does not repeat the language of paying for Shabbos, it just has to pay the Shabbos, lo machayv, and then you're not liable. So that was what they, they were saying in the yeshiva. So now the Gemara interrupts this point. I said, that doesn't make sense. If there's not permission 
to, to, to ban the Jewu and Ripu Namalu Machayev. How would Rabbi make sense? If you didn't have permission to do it, and that's why you're not paying for Shevez, then it doesn't make sense to say you have to pay for Ripu just because it's a double language. Lamai said he didn't have a right to put on the bandage. It has to be, everybody agrees that fundamentally there is permission to, to bandage wound. However, you don't have excessive bandaging. That's not allowed. What does that mean? If you're wrapping it a little bit too tight. So everybody agrees you could wrap, but not wrap too tight. So Rabita says, since you don't have permission to do it excessively, so then if he did do it excessively, so then only for repoy are you liable. And now we can understand, because even though there was a mistake to bandage it too excessively, you're not totally negligent, since normal bandaging is within your rights. That's what the Gemara has tweaked. Normal bandaging certainly is within your rights. Sores that develop because of normal bandaging, certainly the Mazik is liable for. Here it developed only because of excessive bandaging, and really, Rebuto says you don't have a right to do that. However, we can still understand, since he wasn't negligible for, type, for wrapping it so tightly, so therefore, the Mazik has to pay for the repoy, which the Pasuk repeated. Whereas Shabbos, but the Pasuk did not repeat, you're not liable for. says, Hey, there's a heckish between them. The Tanakhama holds since it says by Ripoy, Rapo, Yurapa, and Yurchai for the excessive, the source and excessive bandaging. So Yurchai for the Shevas for that as well because they're linked in the Pasuk. Repeat the Savar, Shevas, Lomachai, Demaite, Rachman, a rock. Look at the language of the Pasuk. The Torah says, Rock Shifto. Only do you pay the Shevas. So it's actually a limiting word. So that comes to tell you, don't link Shevas to Ripoy. For Rabbanan, and the last, and the Rabbanan say back, Rock, Shalomach, Lomachai, also. No. Rock that you don't pay for Shabbos is woman coming to say if if the sores came from didn't come from the wound that your potter your potter from paying that let's say we're going to see in the second where the victim disobeyed the doctor's orders there I don't have to pay but in a case where it came from the wound but just because I did excessive bandaging the rabbanon have no problem saying that I should pay for repoy as well so so far everyone agrees you can bandage you can't excessively bandage and he just says if you do an excessive bandage and sores come you pay for repoy the pasuk repeated you don't pay for shabbos but the Torah said rock the rabbanon say there's a link between them and therefore you pay for Shabbos as well. Now, the third opinion, Rabbanu Basroi, they said, you're potter on both. So according to him, since you're not high for Shabbos here, so then you're not high on Ripa either. So according to them, Ripa is not a lovely. What do we do with the double English? Right now, it's Bishlam, like Rabbi Yudah, what do I do with the double English? We understand that's what's going on. But according to the Rabbanu, what's going on? Very famous Gemara. One day our doctor is missing. The day the day Rabbi Shmuel Tanov Rapo Yerape Mikan Shenitin Rishus the Rofei the Rafos. The pasuk says Rapo Yerape and he should heal. We see that there is permission for a doctor to heal. And as you would say, without the pasuk, who said that a doctor is allowed to heal? The person is sick. Clearly, it's the act of God. Aren't you defying the act of God by healing by being a physician? So here, no. The Torah says Rapo Yerape. It's coming to be mutter. Taisa speaks out a very gishmaka thing. You don't need a double language for that. Just say and he should heal. What is that shot? And he should heal and he should heal. So Taisa explains. That you would say, you know, if he was struck by a human, okay, so that clearly, that was that guy's free will. So you don't necessarily know that it was from God that this guy should have a wound. So, okay, so there you could heal. But if a person has something, an illness that comes straight from so it's not because of someone else's actions and free will. Hashem sent him a sickness. So then how do you know that you can heal him? Maybe you're going against the act of God. There we say, nonetheless, there is a rishos, there's a permission that the physician is to heal. Okay, continues the Gemara. How do I know sores developed because of the wound, or if the wound healed and returned, that the, that the mazik has to heal these sores? And you have to give him Shabbos for these sores that come from the Makkah. I would say, 
<coughs> even if it's not from the wound, no, even if the sword is developed because of the wound, you're not obligated for Shabbos. So, in Rav Yossi, Rav Yudah's opinion, when we say that the sword is developed, you are Potter, it means not only you Potter from Shabbos, you're Potter from Reba as well, that's going like the second Rabbanon. Again, we're talking about that you see excessively bandage it and that caused the source. And we're saying Rock says you don't play the Shabbos and maybe your Potter means your Potter even from Repoy. Like the second Rabbanon, you can other people say abuse for the men. When he said your potter, me shavas, your potter from loss of employment, you are chai for repoy. Come on, kavu, that goes like his father, Rabbi Yehuda, in the price. All right, now we now we have the clear, fine, come up for air over here. It's normal, it's totally fine to bandage it. Anything that comes from basic bandaging, the mazik is liable for. Excessive bandaging is all dispute. Says the Gemara, Amar Marva, what's one thing that we're saying? You might think you're obligated if the sores develop not from the wound, Tamaloma rock. So, what is this case where it's got nothing to do with bandaging, not anything to do with all, and you would think you're chayv, and the Torah says not? Do I need a pasuk to say that if random sores develop, <coughs> nothing to do with the wound, that you're not liable to heal them? Look at the case. The guy disobeyed what the doctor said. He's, too, he's, he's addicted to sugar. He's eating honey. And the honey is bad for someone with a wound. And therefore, he got a condition called Garkosni. Which will which will explain You would say you have to heal him because and now it makes sense because at the end of the day this is totally because of the maka just you were negligent in listening to the doctor so you would say maybe you are liable no you didn't listen to the doctor if you didn't listen to the doctor don't come crying to me my car goes what is the disease some dead flesh you say how to get better wax some resin that you can get in the wine barrels so if you smear onto that 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 can heal. Says the Gemara, now we're talking about an issue that the, the, the Nizek tells the Mazik, heal me. So, if the Mazik says, I'll heal you myself, I'm a doctor. You know who you are to me? You're like a lion in ambush. You were the one who, 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 who struck me in the first place. So, even if he is a qualified physician, physician, the victim can say, I don't want you. And that's a big insight. A physician, a, a victim, or any patient should be comfortable with who is doctor. It's a very interesting thing. If the Mazik said, I'm going to bring a doctor who's going to heal you for free. I Meaning, I have a doctor who will heal you for free. So, so I'm, that's the guy I'm going to bring you. So, I'm the victim can say, What an expression. A doctor who, who heals for nothing is worth nothing. So, I mean, that's not the doctor I'm comfortable with. He said, if he says, I'll give you a faraway doctor from a faraway place. A faraway doctor can blind an eye. Meaning, he has to be scared of the locals, right? Doctors. Today we have all the insurance and all that. But back in the day, the fact that it was in town, that was the insurance, right? You mess me up in the thing, we come hunt you down. But if you guys from out of town, he doesn't have that fear. So you never want to get touched by an out-of-town doctor. Yeah, he marches off into the sunset after he messes something up and you don't know where the guy is. So therefore, he's not comfortable with that. If the victim said, give me the money, I'll heal myself. Just give me the cash, right? Insurance scams here. You're going to be negative with yourself and then you'll have to take more money from me. If the victim says, Coach, let me can't give me a set amount. The Mazik says, Coach, all the more so that you're going to be next with yourself. So, Carly Charmazic, people will kill me a damaging ox. Meaning, I can't give you the money and you try some, you know, experimental treatment at home because uh, then on the side of where it get messes up, people are going to say all sorts of bad things about me, and that's not fair to me. So, bottom line is, he gets a normal doctor from around town and he pays the doctor to come heal him. Says the Gemara Tanda, all of the things. 
Tsar, Ripoy, Shavas, and Boshes are paid even when there's physical damage. But not immediately, how do we know that you pay both? In other words, how do I know? I cut off the hand, so I'm paying as appreciation on the, as a value of the slave and all the other supplementary things. Amar Avzudim Mishrei Zerav, Amar Krav, Patsach, Patsach, says a wound instead of a wound. Those extra things are coming to add. You pay for Tsar even with Nezek, and then the other three categories are derived from pains. That comes to tell you that, that a human being is chayv, even for something that he does unintentionally, for onus karasin, or if he does it for onus, he's also chayv. Now, onus, as we spoke about, this whole question if even onus gomer, you're chayv. Says the Mark in Cain, if that's all it's saying, that's petza bit petza. My petza tachas patza, so it's more elaborate. It doesn't just say bit petza, it says tachas patza. I mean, not tachas, you can learn both things. You can learn you're liable even for unintentional damage, and you're also that you're liable for pain in the other categories, even when you're paying for damage. Says the Gemara, another source that you're high for the third payment, even if, for the third payment of repo, even if you're paying Nezek. That's a double language. That comes to say you have to pay for healing, even if you also pay for damage. Says the Gemara, is that possible? Actually, I mean, by the and either for the Joshua, Tan Rabbi Shmuel, Tan Rabbi Shmuel, for Rapo, Yerape, Mikan, Shinid, Mishra, for the Rapo, is that the doctor has permission to heal. So we dash him there for that. How do you know that he's coming to say that you pay for repo even with Makom Nezek? Says Martin Kane, if that's all it was saying, you have to call for Rofe, Yerape. It could have just said for Rofe. In other words, it, it, it's not just that it's an extra word, it's that it's a switch in the word. It says, Verapo Yerape. could have said, Verofe Yerape. I mean, all the Timifu, Malcolm Nazak is coming to say both things. First of all, that a doctor has permission to heal, and second of all, you have to pay for the doctor bills even when you have to pay for Nazak. Says, Didn't we say, for what we said uh, that about, about, remember, for the sores that developed because of the wound? So, <coughs> so we say that you have to pay for them, and don't we derive it from there? Says the Martin King, they macro, oh, Rafo, Rafo, oh, you Rafe, Rafe, my Verapo, you Rafe, Shami, no, the Timber Food, Malcolm Nazak. So after all is said and done, we're learning two Allah's Rabbi Rafe. We see that you're liable for healing sores that develop in the wound. And since the repeated words are not identical, we can also learn that you're liable for healing even when you pay for Nazak. All right, so says the Gemara. You know, we just had Psukim to establish that the other categories you paid for, not only where you did Nezek, not only where there was no Nezek, but even where there was Nezek. Clearly, it sounds like there could be a case where there wouldn't be Nezek. Meaning, like, we know there are five categories. The Gemara was inquiring, how do you I know you? I make those payments even where there's Nezek. Clearly, there would be a case without Nezek. If there wouldn't be a case without Nezek, they wouldn't have to discuss how do I know these categories are even with Nezek. So now the Gemara wants to know what is a case that there's no Nezek and I had to pay, right? So Tsar was obvious, right? That was the case of the fingernail. There's no Nezek. It's just the fingernail comes off. There's no depreciation of value, but I burned it. So it's a question of just pain. But how do I have the other things? How do I pay for someone's doctor bills or something, but also not damage them? How do I have a case like that? So Tsar, because the Tani Tsar was in the Mishnah Tsar, he burdened him with a spit or, or injured him with a nail. It doesn't make a wound. Still, the Mazak has to pay, even though there's no permanent damage. Repoy, healing, the case was that he was hurting, something was hurting a person, but it was in the process of healing, meaning he had a wound that was in the middle of healing. Now the, maz- the Mazak brought him some super strong ointment. It actually messed up his skin. It bleached his skin. So it turned the whole thing into a white. So there's no permanent physical damage. But he has to bring him now a potion to restore the color of his flesh. So it's an interesting thing because it's running a, f- a thin line between saying that's just cosmetics, right? Why is there no depreciation of value? Because you think when you're buying a slave, you think you care if he has a white spot on his arm? You don't care if he has a white spot on his arm. That's why there's no Nezek there. That's why there's no depreciation of value because you, <coughs> you made his skin discolor. <coughs> but it is interesting. You do have to pay for the medical bill. So it's not just purely, you know, it's an interesting case here in the Gemara that the person is entitled. I did him. I messed up his skin. 
whether or not that cause depreciation of value is, re, is, 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 is irrelevant. The point is, myself, if he has this big white spot on his skin now, I have to pay for that. Shevez, what was the case of Shevez? The hot kid in Jonah. Person locked someone in a room, Uvatle, and he, and he didn't allow him to work. So there, there's no depreciation of your value, right? There's no injury, but I didn't let you work. So because I didn't let you work, now the mice, you didn't, you didn't earn the wages that you'd like to earn. So what's the law? The law is that I have to pay you the Shevez. Boshes, for humiliation to rock lava, somebody spits in your face. So spitting in face, there's no damage, but it's humiliating, so you have to pay. All right, so now we learn about unemployment. Okay, here we go. Shabbos runners of the Shemar Kishuan. Laws of employment, what's the halacha? You pay him as if it was a watchman of cucumbers. So, watchman of cucumbers, just push up shot here. That's like what happens when someone's hand is cut off, right? So, he can't, he can't necessarily do much at that point, but he could walk around, and therefore, he could be a, a, a watchman of cucumbers. So, Tanarabon, Shabbos runners of the Shemar Kishuan. We look at the, the going rate for the watchman of cucumbers. And that's every day that this guy's in bed and not working, we give him a day's wages that the, the watchman of cucumbers makes. If you're going to say that that's not fair, why is it not fair? When this person recovers, he's not going to be taking the low wages of a watchman of cucumbers. He's going to draw water from wells with a pal and take higher wages. Maybe he'll be a messenger and take higher wages. So Rashi seems to learn the Gemara like this. Let's go over this. It's not an easy Gemara. Let's say Rashi learns like this. We presume that after the guy heals, um, and gets up, he's not only going to be a watchman of cucumbers. He's going to be able to do better for himself. He's going to earn higher wages. So when you're paying right now for his unemployment, you should pay based upon after he heals, what would he do? So what's the shot? You're only paying his unemployment for the, for the, for the cucumbers. And in other words, the point I'm trying to bring out is the question isn't he used to have a job before the injury. Why am I not paying him unemployment of that? That's not the question. That we understand the whole time. But what bothers us is at least pay him for what he's projected to be able to do. And yet after, and the people, he could do better for himself than just be the Shorai He already paid for the value, the hand, the value of the foot. So what's the answer? The answer is like this. So this is where it's hard, because very good, I already paid for the value, the hand, the value of the foot. That's why maybe I don't have to pay unemployment of your previous job. But why does that explain why I don't pay me the unemployment for your future if you could do better? So Rashi sticks in, and that's why it's very difficult about what's in the words of the Gemara. Rashi sticks in that it's basically, it's not so clear that you're going to be able to do better for himself. So it's, not, it's like a little bit missing in the words of the Gemara. But the point is, when you're unemployed right now and you have the injury, and yet it's, it's up in the air what you're going to be able to do afterwards. Certainly you're going to be able to do the base of being a watchman of cucumber. So even though you may be able to do better for yourself, you may, you may not. We can't say it's a safe assumption necessarily. Therefore, we only pay for the watchman of cucumbers. Now, what's the shot? You're not paying for the previous shot. That's obvious. You already paid him off for the, for the injury, meaning you paid him depreciation of the value. All that should be included in there. That's the way Rashi here learns the Gemara. Um, okay. Continues the Gemara. Amar Rava, kites yado. Let's say he cut off his hand. Those are yado. First, he paid him the value of the hand. Shevets, what's the Shevets? What is the Shevets? Kishur. We view him as if he's someone who could guard cucumbers because you could do that even without a hand. Shebers raglo no zinjur raglo. If he broke his foot, he pays him for the value of the foot. The Shevets, but for Shevets here, so it's going to be hard. He can't guard cucumbers. Guard cucumbers has to walk around. So we're not going to cucumbers. So we look at it. He's like just guarding the entrance. The guard of an entrance does not doesn't need his mobility. He doesn't have to be able to walk. Simas Eno, if he blinded him, he pays for the value of his eye. The Shevish, for loss of employment, he's one of those guys who, make them, who grinds at the millstone. So you just turn it. So you don't necessarily need to have eyesight. If he made his, the victim, he has to pay the total value. So this is an unbelievable concept that there's, once you make somebody deaf, he has no value on the slave market. So therefore, it's his entire value. So whatever he would have been worth before on the slave market, you pay that entire value. It's one of those big yisaitis, right? That, 
Rafutner used to point to this Gemara and say that the, the definition of a slave is your ability to listen. A slave who cannot adhere to instruction is not a slave. That's the insight. There's no value as a slave if you cannot hear. Let's say the, he cut her off the victim's hand. The, the judges didn't yet make the assessment of, of, of everything. But then right away, she was Rago. And before the, before, before the hand healed, he also broke his leg and they also didn't assess him for that. And then he blinds his eyes and they didn't assess him for that. And ultimately, he also made him deaf. Does he have to pay for each piece or just in one? I mean, we keep him do do. We say since they had an assessment, we so make one big assessment, which now that he's deaf is all of his value. He just gives him the payment for his whole value altogether. We assess them one by one, and we give them payment for each. Now the Gemara will explain. Now, obviously, there's no difference for the nezek. Why? Because ultimately, you're just paying his total value. It won't make a difference if I'm, if I'm doing it piece by piece or one big, or one big payment. But Do you have to give him separately for the pain and the humiliation from each injury? Clearly, we're not going to give him separate for the damage, healing, and loss of employment for each and every injury. Since at the end, you're giving him his whole value. It's no different than if he killed him. He's giving the whole value. But the question is, what about giving separately for each pain and humiliation? There were separate occurrences of pain and humiliation. It's very different. I have more humiliation if you first break my, break my hand and my leg and blind and then make me deaf than if you just make me deaf. So maybe you pay separately. In terms of Lamar, keep do. But if you're going to say, since he wasn't assessed after each injury, he could just give him the payment of the whole thing altogether. What about Amaduhu? What if he, there was an assessment after each injury, but the Mazik hadn't yet paid? Me, I've been keeping him do since they made an assessment after each injury. So he's required to give him payment one by one in separate payments. Since he hasn't yet paid, then he could get off by giving the whole payment altogether. And the Gemara says, <coughs> the Gemara says, take it. We let that question stand. So ultimately, Couple you say this year for, for that we get for Shevis. Shevis, first of all, is paid even welcome Nezek. So you pay for the depreciation of the limb on the slave market. And that basically explains why, even though he can't do his previous job or whatever, you've already taken care of that. But now Lamaisa, while he's healing and stuck in bed, you also have to pay him unemployment. You pay him unemployment based upon what we're pretty sure he's gonna be able to do afterwards. The Gamar initially challenged maybe he'll be able to do better, but we say no. The safe assumption is he would only be able to do this. Um, that's what he pays, and then the Gemara goes on to case where there's multiple injuries. So, 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 I, so the Gemara wants to know: Do I pay for the tsar and the boshes um, separately or not?